episode of the Rad Podcast. I am producer Brandon from the Rob Anybody and Don Show. Thank you for tuning in. Happy fall. It's officially fall now. It feels good. I can already feel the weather changing. The vibes feel good. Hey, uh, do you mind, uh, do, do you want to do the podcast with me today? Do you mind if I you take you away from your phone? Passive and... aggressive while I finish up this message to mom? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> is this a trap? No, I actually just lost my flow from how I started talking about fall. And I was like checking in with you because you knew we started recording when you heard the music playing, you know, I yeah. thought I might, you know, put the phone down. So here's the thing. Nobody would have known. That's true. Because I can multitask. But I was actually addressing a question to you about fall. And I thought, you know, maybe I'll bring her in. And, and You didn't intro. actually address me with a question. You just attacked me for finishing a text message. I should go back. So and... I don't know what you were asking. <laughs> and I was listening and waiting. Well, does it feel like fall to you? It's getting there. Yeah. Getting... I've seen a lot more leaves on the ground. It's getting darker earlier. Yeah. I think that's my favorite part is that it gets darker earlier. We were talking about this the other day. Yeah. <laughs> and because we work such wonky hours we get up at well i get up at like 4 30 i still wake o'clock. up at three no you we wake up first oh, yeah. alarm goes off at three long day yeah I, I i lose track of the time but i know that my alarm goes off at 3 30 every day i'm back i'm usually in the studio about 4 30 or no like more like 4 20 hello <laughs> um and so it, it's like it's weird when when it's summertime mm-hmm. and you go to work and it's dark and then you go home and it's light until nine o'clock. I'm usually in bed by like eight thirty, nine o'clock. Yeah. Right? It's and it's like it's like what I was saying. It's like uh when you live in the northern hemisphere the the Arctic, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like in Alaska, they, yeah. they suffer from some sort of madness from it's, having yeah. too much sunlight. Because this it's the sun technically never really sets. Right. So it's like always this sort of dusky kind of drives them crazy because and it never really rises either like there's a point at which like in the middle of the day you're like it's noon and it's kind of dark outside so. yeah so if you work like uh graveyard shifts you're probably like you bunch of pussies that's, that's nothing <laughs> but you know when you wake up early and you have so much daylight it's it's nice when you have the transition into yeah. the fall and and it's it's usually dark by the time we're in bed which is nice yeah um but when it stays when it gets dark about Four forty-five, five o'clock. I hate it. That's when it kind of gets a little depressing. I'm over it. And it's especially weird when you work the hours that we do, like waking up super early in the morning. And we never then, wake up before the sun comes up. That never. Well, that will never happen. True. Yeah. No. Um, but when I when I would take a nap, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That just distracted me for whatever. Because it was profound was like trying, for yeah, a second. I was trying to think, like think, put all the words together, and my brain isn't working fast enough. <laughs> Wow. Deep. She who sits high on pot. Or, wait. She who sits on pot. Or wait. No. <laughs> she who sits on toilet is high on high pot. High on pot. There we go. There you go. Am I high on pot? Yeah. No, I don't think so. So it's really weird when it's still dark out. Like when it's when it starts getting yeah. darker earlier. Yeah. Like five o'clock. Yeah. I hate that. It's the worst. The, the Like, I think the... The latest I want it to get dark is like six o'clock. Like, I think that's like, that's, that's the earliest in the evening that so I am acceptable yeah. for it to be getting dark. Like I dark agree. at seven, fine. Because when it starts getting dark about four forty-five, five o'clock and you work the wonky hours that I do, sometimes I take a nap in the afternoon. Yeah. So sometimes it's just perpetual night. Uh, yeah. And I've woken up at yes. like four p.m. or 5 p.m. <laughs> after taking a nap in the afternoon yeah. and I'm freaking out. There was one time where I actually did freak out. I woke up, I saw the clock mm-hmm. and it was well past the time that I was actually supposed to be in the radio station to get the show going. And I like to the point where I got in the shower, like I was getting ready to go. And as soon as I got out of the shower, I realized that it was nighttime and I went back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> That was that sucked. That was uh, that, and I think I I learned my lesson not to take Nyquil in the afternoon too. That's. Oh, but who doesn't love a Nyquil nap? I do love a Nyquil nap, um, but the the hangover from it now. Oh yeah. It just it's awful. It, you just get so groggy. But at least in my case, I, I always feel like get, I get hungover so from groggy. everything. Yeah. Everything. Like protein sick. shakes and Ugh. water. Too much coffee. Ugh. It's exhausting. Yeah. No, it's too much. We're getting old. Yep. Is this what old people complain about? How everything that we consume exhausts us? You know, y- yes. 
And yes, we're old. <laughs> Saturday night after the party. The Circle's Beta launch yeah, party. Yeah, we decided to sit down. At Hanford Ranch uh, Winery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was fun. Beautiful. So much fun. So, so much fun. It was exhausting. It was. And you couldn't just go lay down because that last, that last drink was just too soon. And I remember you getting some heartburn. So <laughs> I nudged you and said, sit up against the couch. <laughs> Oh. And drink some pickle juice. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you didn't though. No, <laughs> I, I fell asleep and you left me on the couch to rot. And I hold I, on, I, I, got I shook back. you and you didn't wake up. I know. Yeah. I tried and I covered you with a blanket and your feet were up and you were perfectly fine and safe. I was comfy. I the, but I, I got there was lonely. no reason. It was at that point where like, had I really woken you up, I would have been useless anyway. And you probably would have gotten sick. Oh. There was no you because you when you stopped eating because you weren't feeling so hot anymore. Yeah, I turned you, I turned green. Is yeah, that what you said? well, you he remembered to take all of his supplements on an empty stomach full of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Just some wine and beer. Oh, it, yeah, and, and but, there was a whiskey on the way home, which yeah, is what, which is when I should have stopped. Yeah, but that's yeah, kind of what set been, you over. I would have been totally fine had I not that ha- had that last. Yeah. whiskey in the, in the in the ride back because we had we had a it was limo. a celebratory thing yeah. and we were all just i mean i didn't but and i don't i hardly drink anymore yeah so when we do stuff like this it's you know it's nice to imbibe and, and have yeah. a good time and people just kind of kept feeding me beer yeah they which, just sort of kept showing up which you know <laughs> I, I, I did pace myself and and you know what else might have set it over the top was Cigars always yeah. tend, to, tend to have an effect on me. You know, you don't inhale it's a lot, it, but it's a lot to it's a lot to take. And I'm and I'm novice or yeah. beginner at best when it comes to to cigars. Yeah, I was thinking was that might have upset, uh, maybe kind of upset your stomach a little bit too. Yeah. But yeah, I know I saw him turn a little bit green while we were trying to eat our food and our Jack in the Box, <laughs> our late night Jack in the Box. Oh, I got a chicken pita and two of those uh, tacos. tacos, and I had, I just had one of the tacos, right? I don't even think you got through one of the tacos. Yeah, it just did not I think sit you, well with me. No, that's all you did. You ate one of the tacos. You looked at the pita, and you were like, fuck that. <laughs> to do this. Uh, so we put it in the microwave, and you were like, oh, if I get back to it, I get back to it. And I think it's still in the microwave. I threw it out. Okay, thank God. Cause I was cleaning like the kitchen the next after. morning, remember? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So yeah, I know he. Uh, that was a good time. No, you got a little. Uh, you got a little. Um, at the end of the night. Yeah, it was at the end of the well, night, and things really. We, there wasn't a lot of food, and we yeah. didn't. We were in a limo. Yeah, I know. So. <laughs> but but we we're not at our. It's not at our disposal to just get in our own car and drive away and yeah. go grab. A, we still had to drive back to the meeting point studio yeah. and all disperse from our cars from there. So we had an hour drive ish. Yeah, so it was a good time. So as I mentioned, it's fall finally. Love it. I love this time of year because there's also really great shows that are yes. premiering. So we've got the uh, Breaking Bad movie, mm-hmm. which is going to be coming out. El Camino. Jesse Pinkman's story continues from after he's freed by Walter White uh, from captivity or from slavery, basically to cooking meth. And uh, I think we'll find out what happened to Walter White. Uh, spoiler alert, we're supposed to think that he's dead, but it, who knows? He might still be alive, and I hope he is, because I think that would add a lot of uh, of good juiciness to the to the movie. Uh, but with, uh, with the new El Camino movie coming out in October on Netflix, we, you and I, Mrs. Brandon, yes. have been... Uh, Going going back and re-watching Breaking Bad. Together. Yeah. We never watched it together. No, we started with like ep- uh, seasons five and six, right? Yeah, I had, caught, I had caught some episodes here and there, but I was never really committed to the show. Right. For, I have my own reasons. <laughs> I, I just never got into it. Um, I never not appreciated it. I was knew it was a, it was a heavy show, and I think it was just... And not... I, and I think when it came out, I was such in a... I was such in a, a, a spot... I don't know. It wasn't like I was in a negative spot. I was in a dark spot. I was just in a place where this show was perfect. It just right. it was, it just resonated with me. I loved it from episode one. I remember when I started watching it, when it first came out, it was the, the same year that I had moved out of my parents' house and I moved down to downtown Sacramento in this shitty studio apartment 
Um, and I just remember being in that studio apartment, watching the first episode, being like, this is amazing. Yeah. And knowing that it was going to be something good. And I just have been following it ever since. And I wa I've watched every episode since it's been out. And I think this is going to be my fourth or fifth time watching the full season. Wow. That's yeah. a lot. Because there were, there were breaks between the last two seasons. Like the yeah, last season I remember. is split It was like a part two. two. Yeah. yeah. So season six is like two different seasons. Right. Uh, but they're like both five or four or five episodes. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, I remember. But between that time, I was like trying to, you know, fill the gap. And so I went back and, you know, rewatched the first season. So that was like the first time I, I went through it yeah. again. And then just over the years, I've, I've watched it multiple times and we're loving it gets, it. it gets better every time. I mean, I, yeah. I, I know everything that's happening, but every single time you, you get so involved in the characters and the feelings behind the characters and what they're going through and the deception that goes on is like, it's intoxicating. It's just, it's like what it, it just keeps you wanting more. Right. Yeah. So I can't wait for El Camino to come out, but there's another show that we uh, got sucked into on Amazon prime video. It's mm -hmm. called undone. And it, it looks like an animated TV show or an anime, like a cartoon, but it, they use a technology called rotoscoping. You know what this is? It's the one where they basically are acting, but they map over you so you look like a cartoon. Right. So they film it, right? And mm -hmm. it's a, just regular cameras and everything, and they do green screen. Mm -hmm. um, but then they go over the actor, and they literally hand draw every frame. Oh, like what I used to do for fun. Uh, did you do this? Remember I used to take the pictures, and I would hand draw them out. Like... Like I stencils yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the same, fun. it's the same idea, but they look like loop them together. Yeah. Obviously, you know, frame by frame. Yeah. I didn't do like cartoon work. But right. No, I, I do that for fun. It's, it's fun. When this, when they first kind of broke the scene with this type of techno technology, they did a movie called a scanner darkly, oh, which I is based on this. the Philip K. Dick novel. Yeah. Um, and it, I think Keanu Reeves was in it yeah. and like Winona Ryder, a bunch of like, Really big name actor. I remember uh, this movie. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is in it. Good and Lord. they're tripping balls on on, yeah. on this like synthetic drug that's in yep. this involved in this in this movie. And to get away with a lot of, you know, the special effects and the trippiness of it all, they use this rotoscoping so they can really expand the, the right. actors and in, in the environments that they're in. And one of the reasons why they do that with this new show called Undone oh, you have to. on Amazon Prime Video is they they're allowed to travel through space and time, different dimensions, mm -hmm. death and life. You and see, a, oh, there's a scene where you see her split from herself yeah. in a way. Like there's reason, like when we started watching it, I was like, why didn't we just watch this as a regular? Like, why didn't they just do regular actors? They obviously already did. Especially in the first episode, because it's so yeah. straightforward and you're, you're just really learning the characters. And I think they did that intentionally. Sort of like to ease you into it. Because visually... It can be a little distracting at yeah. times when you're when you're watching real actors that are drawn over to look like cartoons. Mm -hmm. It can be a little distracting at first. And even I remember we said something during we were that episode. Little, we were like, yeah. is this good? We're are we enjoying this? Yeah, that's about right. It was kind of like, I'm enjoying the writing. I'm enjoying the character oh, building. The I writing is genius. It, and it's got what's his name? Bob Odenkirk from He's Breaking Bad, Breaking who Bad. plays Saul Goodman from Breaking Bad. Yeah. And Better Call Saul. And Better Call Saul, of course. Um, yeah, so he plays the father in this. So the premise of, yeah, go of do Undone the premise. Ex explores the elastic nature of reality through its central character, Alma. After getting into a near-fatal car accident, Alma discovers she, was a, she has a new relationship with time and uses this ability to find out the truth about her father's death. And Alma's father is played by Bob Odenkirk. And Alma's character, uh, what, what was the, uh, what's the movie that just came out that was a uh, Robert Rodriguez joint and had Christoph Waltz in it? Alita's Angel? Alita. Alita. Battle Angel. Alita Battle Angel. She's it, the one that plays Alita. Yeah, so Alma in Undone is the same chick from that. Her name is Rosa Salazar. Um, and it's, it's on only, it's only eight episodes on Amazon Prime. The each episode's about like thirty minutes. Are they 30? 20, I thought twenty-two they were... to twenty-four minutes long in running time? Um, and it's just, it, it's it's a season one. 
Mm-hmm. But I hope there's a season two. There, they left it open oh, for yeah. a season two, but I don't think they need to have a season. They two. don't need to. They I could like totally they... leave it alone, and it would be an amazing series, just as is. Spoiler alert: It does end on a cliffhanger, literally, and it, it, <laughs> it makes you go, "I want more." Oh my god, wait! But yeah. it's one of those open-ended endings that yeah. a lot of people hate. Yeah. A lot of people hate when they leave it just hanging and and leaving it up to your interpretation to what happens next. Yeah. But I love those. I, I love they, this episode. They make, I love this series. They make you, you know, go in all different directions could of what the possibilities this? could be. Yeah. And so when if when and if a season two comes along, then, you know, I, I could compare my theories to right. what I was guessing. And I'm normally right. I'm, I'm usually uh, right. Oh, OK. Yeah. Wow. Um, so it, it's it's an outstanding show. It's it's uh, it's I would consider it like kind of like a comedy drama, right? A dramedy. Dramedy. OK. It's sort of an existential dramedy, which is like the same thing as a comedy drama. It's just it's just less syllables. Yeah. OK. Like rom-com. <laughs> there's a dramedy. Got it. I don't know. I think it's amazing. I think it's very well written. I think it's it's really and the thought th- out it's I think that it would check out with a lot of our psychic friends. The themes around uh, the science of it all, though, I think that that really drew me in because mm-hmm. they put into such uh, easy, comprehensive dialogue. The explanation of yeah. space and time and the possibilities but they use the visuals of other to sort of show you, which the rotoscoping played a big part in. It so, did. They could, so they can create these animated environments where they could shift from time zones and time places, future, past, present, and you, it, it you also bounces have all to, over the place. You have to take into consideration that what's happening to her is her reality is being changed completely. So when you're viewing this, you're viewing it in a non-reality kind of way. So it's easy for you to sort of suspend belief for a minute and accept it by watching the cartoon. Because by if you were to see this as a physical thing, it wouldn't translate the same way. And we don't know how she sees her own world. For all we know, she does see it this way, sort of as a cartoon. And... Be with the relationship with her father, who's played mm-hmm. by Bob Odenkirk, mm-hmm. um, you have to have that animation so that you can make that type of uh, relationship that they have because he's dead. This is his. He's, this yeah. is his spirit that yeah. it's in. You know the afterlife. Yeah. To be able to have that uh, communication because he's basically her mentor, teaching her how to use the skills that she was born to have because it kind of it's it goes a lineage back, thing it goes back to like she's she's got native american roots that she's, she's like got, attached to the attached to the yeah. master spirit or whatever yeah and and that that plays a really heavy theme throughout it as well is you it comes you see a lot of um heritage like her heritage and she it's very important to her and it's imperative it's important to her family and so that plays a big role in it and it's how she sort of finds a way to control it and work with it and accept it for what it is when she meets someone who is you know native american or you know indigenous and uh and they sort of see it in her and they they call her something i can't remember what it was basically she's a shaman yeah but she doesn't know it until now right until she's developed her skills right and she's been able to go back and Put things together yeah. and yeah, it, it's, it's really fantastic. compelling and a fun. Lot. It's fun to watch visually yeah. and it's, uh, it's, it's deep. It's got some deep themes to it. Um, but it's also really funny. Yeah. All the relationships you know, and dialogue is really lighthearted and, and hysterical at times. I gotta say, yeah, we have had some pretty good laughs. I have to say Amazon prime has, has stepped up with some of the really cool sort of, um, spirit, kind of movies out like, there like out like that one called um forever with uh my rudolph and oh um, uh what's his name gosh he's from portlandia oh my gosh um fred armison fred armison yeah so that whole series it it it's hysterical it's hysterical it's sad it's deep it's hysterical and it's about two dead people who get stuck basically in the afterlife together thinking it's like they're in purgatory right yeah and they're and like, in their neighborhood and they they can only communicate with other dead people they're in a neighborhood oh, okay and it's like this particular neighbor and they can't be far away from water and so and then it's like they have to kind of work through their bullshit with each other 
Right. Like all the, all their all their their yeah. their quirks and their yeah. their their faults that they had when they were alive are like kind of what haunts them in their afterlife, right? And the whole thing starts by her like he dies kind of unexpectedly. Well, mm. totally unexpectedly. And she's just starting to move on with her life and she's getting onto a plane to go to Hawaii and she chokes on like a macadamia nut and dies. And then she finds herself with him and she's like, God damn it. <laughs> but they'd been married forever, but they did the same thing like every year. Like right. it was all, it was monot. It was such monotony and she just didn't get. And so, and that turned into their afterlife. And yeah. So they had to try and to so they like carry, break free from that. Right? They had to, they carried their material life bullshit with them and they had to work through it. God. It was and imagine them and the end of the whole I mean it's been out for almost what a year now so spoiler ahead. Yeah, and they're they're just one season in that just they're probably going to do another season. I right? hope I haven't checked to see. I'm That's one but, thing that Amazon is bad about. They'll like do one season of something and then they'll just like not announce when they're going to do another one or, or never, do it, never again. do it again. Yeah. And, but they, they leave this one in such a way they've been really good about leaving them sort of open-ended. Like you say, like yeah. it could be clo- a closed book. You can just deduce that, you know, they, they work through their, their bullshit because what happens is they decide to walk from the coast all the way to Hawaii on the ocean floor. Oh, that's right. And so, and then what, and it ends with them walking up the shores to Hawaii. And the whole time, like the last few scenes are just them walking just underwater. walking underwater and looking dead. at the ocean and like. They're super they're, happy and in and, ecstasy. And, and because water is like the source that keeps them like, uh, like here on earth right. for whatever reason. Huh. They walk through the water and they basically start, tra- like you can just assume they just start traveling the world. That's cool. Dead. So, yeah, I think there's such a fun aspect. What would you do if like one of the things they would do to get off, like to feel something or like like have a rush is they'd go stand in the middle of streets while semis drove through them. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah. And they they just they just drive right through them because they're spirits. And they would just poof. And then they would be back and everybody would be like, wow. Yeah, it's hilarious. (laughs) Okay, so what one more time. What's it called? Forever. Forever on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I don't think you watched it as closely as no, I, I did. did. I did. Okay. I, I think I came into it late. Yeah. Um, just a few episodes, but I, you know, pick up quick. It's, yeah. It's one of those shows that you could just pick up and. It's it, just it's, got a lot of really funny. It's got yeah. some really cute things in it. Like the youngest character is like, I think he's like 60 something because he was a kid that died. So he still matured in the neighborhood and every, and he like knew everybody. He was the old man of the neighborhood, but he was like a 15 year old kid. Oh, that's right. So he had so that in, attitude, like the old man attitude. His spirit was old, but his, yeah. his whatever his, you know, his, his physical, physical appearance body. to everybody else right. and how they remembered him. And living people couldn't see them. No. Right? But they could mess with living people. Yeah. Like I think bit. that like it took a lot of energy to sort of like Flick lights on and, and off, have to and like, like they recharge. Talk. Yeah, what and that's what the, the water was the like. Water. They're recharged, and like, and then the kid who's technically the old guy figures out that he's dead with like one of the old ladies was one of his friends or like knew him, and she remembered his death and that kind of. So like, they reunited in some way in the after. Like, there's all these little like side pieces to it. They were just so fun. Yeah, good stuff. No, yeah. I, I, I love that show, and I think now, now that we've Talk through the ending again. It's one of those shows you could just you could leave just it. leave it the yeah. way it is. Yeah. But Undone is the other one we were discussing, and that's another yeah, one we have to check out. Um, lots of good stuff. Lots yeah. of good stuff coming out. It's uh, already here. Joker, the the new movie is going to be really good. That's uh, October fourth. Oh, Disenchantment. Disenchantment. Finally. Oh, Disenchantment yeah. premiered season two. We almost we almost busted out the Key and Peele movie guys. <laughs> but what about that Will Smith doll? <laughs> What is that? <laughs> Liam Neeson's. What about that Liam Neeson's? So funny. Yeah, it's the, the worst Key and Peele impression ever. <laughs> uh, speaking of movies, this this story that you found is just, it, it looks like something that you could, you could see in a Hollywood movie. Well, and they, I'm sure they, that, the that, orphan. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, 
yeah, the orphan, the movie. Yeah. But this particular story itself could easily become a, an original on Amazon Prime or uh, Netflix. Yeah. Um, if it hasn't started already. Well, and I mean, the, it's similar to the orphan, the movie, the orphan. So the, I, the, the reason why this came across our newsfeed, lucky newsfeed, was because the, the parents that are involved in this story or the foster parents involved in this story were just released on bail because they were arrested for abandoning their daughter who claimed to be a six-year-old. When she was adopted. When she was adopted, but was then later found to be a 22-year-old sociopath masquerading as a child. What the fuck? I know. So Christine Barnett, who's 45, and her ex-husband Michael Barnett, 43, have been charged with abandoning their daughter when she was nine in Lafayette, Indiana, and fleeing to Canada. Now, that age nine is because that's what's on the doc, the court documents. But we are about to find out. They actually took some tests to find out exactly what age this child was. And it is totally deceiving. In an exclusive interview, uh, Christine denies the claims and says she and Michael were victims of a fraud, claiming the girl they adopted was an adult con artist who tried to kill her. And Christine and Michael agreed to the emergency adoption of the Ukrainian-born Natalia Grace in May of 2010 from Florida and were told she was six. This is out of Florida. This, so this is kind of, this, this is new evidence to me um, because I've just, I just breezed through these bullet points <laughs> and I didn't realize you just caught was, on to Florida. I didn't realize that she was from Florida. But Florida. When, the, when these details come out, this will all align to, to, to what, you know, most stories out of Florida yeah. happen. Uh, within a year, Christine claims Natalia tried pushing her onto an electric fence, poured bleach into her coffee, and threatened to stab the Barnetts in their sleep. Natalia was uh, treated by a mental health specialist in uh, who determined she was an adult and pressed for the courts to have her birth certificate changed. Then in 2012, the uh, courts of Indianapolis decided Natalia was born in 1989 based upon medical evidence. They actually did bone density tests. Yeah. Um, and the, bon the Burnettes moved to Canada and left Natalia in an apartment in Lafayette. Now, she just didn't leave... They didn't leave her in just an apartment. Yeah, that's there. taken really out of context the way that that's written. Yeah, so this, so just disregard what I said. <laughs> disregard that part. But this that, but that's that plays not... important in the whole abandonment thing, right? Because, because she th claims that she was abandoned and she was a child, right? When she really was not, right? Very deceiving. It has all of the elements of a horror movie. An unsuspecting Christian couple adopts an adorable little girl, only to discover she is an adult sociopath masquerading as a child. Christine Barnett and her ex-husband are alleged to have dumped Ukrainian-born Natalia Grace at an apartment in Lafayette, Indiana in 2013 before moving to Canada one month later and breaking off contact. Police say the girl was left to fend for herself for three years despite having a rare form of dwarfism that means she is three feet tall and has problems walking. But in an exclusive interview... At an undisclosed location, Christine insists there's a major flaw in their case. Natalia was not a nine-year-old, as charging documents claim. She was actually 22. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Barnett claims the true victims are her and her family, who were terrorized for years by the mysterious imposter, who threatened to stab them in their sleep, pushed her towards an electric fence, and poured, poured bleach in her coffee. Does that make coffee taste a little bitter? I have never tried to drink bleach, so I do not know. Does it just burn right away? I mean, I don't. That can, I, I can only imagine. I imagine it would take your breath away. It'd probably kill you. It would probably start to burn your throat chemically. Yeah, it could kill you. She would make statements and draw pictures saying she wanted to kill family members, roll them up in a blanket, and put them in the backyard. That's weird. She was standing over people in the middle of the night. You couldn't go to sleep. We had to hide all the sharp objects. I saw her putting chemicals, bleach, Windex, something like that in my coffee, and I asked her, what are you doing? She said, I'm trying to poison you. I, I feel like that, that voice is a little I don't, too deep. I don't think that's how she said it. No. How do you think she says? I don't know. I'm trying to poison you. <laughs> no, that's not how she would say I, it. I don't know. I'm trying to poison you. <laughs> you sound like an old lady. I imagine she would sound like a little old lady. I don't know why. Oh, that's weird. The media is painting me to be a child abuser, but there is no child here, said Christine. 
Natalia was a woman. She had periods. She had adult teeth. She never grew a single inch, which would happen even with a child with dwarfism. The doctors all confirmed she was suffering a severe psychological illness only diagnosed in adults. She was jumping out of moving cars. She was smearing blood on mirrors. She was doing things you can never imagine a little child doing. Pause in the story. Why are you still being this kid's parent? Who do you call? Uh, Who do you tell? Well, I mean, they've talked the to adoption doctors. agency. Yeah, they, like what do they do? They talk to doctors. They talk to psychologists. So I this mean, is what they do. Keep reading. Before criminal charges were leveled at them on September 11th, Barnett and ex-husband Michael were hailed as exemplary parents who raised a child genius named Jake Barnett. He was uh, Jake was diagnosed with autism at age two. And nonetheless, he had his actual first academic paper published at 12. And by 15, he was studying at a prestigious physics institute. So this uh, kid with autism is a, just a, a, a prodigy. Absolutely. And so the, the, and the family raised this kid, totally yep. normal. And I, I, did they say it's their, their birth child? Like their, their blood I child? I think so. I'm not sure, but I think they have three other children okay. too. And, and they adopted a lot of them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Barnett's experience, fo- uh, are, who are experienced foster parents, yeah, know, who I, ran a, child, a children's daycare from their Westfield, Indiana home, collected the curly-haired youngster from Florida in May of 2010. The curly-haired youngster being Natalia. While living with the Barnett's, Natalia's adoption was completed in November of that year, of 2010. In a frank and tearful interview, Christine Barnett insisted she treated the new addition to her family as if she were her biological child. She had no hesitation in accepting Natalia, despite learning she had a bone growth disorder named spondyloepimetaphyseal dysplasia. <laughs> Which causes short stature, skeletal abnormalities, and problem with vision. I always wanted to have a larger family, and I had uh, very severe complications in my pregnancies and was unable to have more children, Barnett explained. I also, at the time, had a very privileged life. I felt that if I had the ability to help another person in the world, then I wanted to do it. Given just 24 hours to complete an emergency adoption... The couple raced to an adoption center to Florida in Florida to sign the paperwork and meet their quote six year old daughter. Why was this an emergency adoption? I have so many questions about that, but because um, adoptions are confidential, you can't look back. Right. So yeah. So, so did she kill her other parents? And how did she parent? get back put into the system? Yeah. With a new age, if she was you know, falsifying her own right. age. So or who, who did she get to do that? How? So yeah. How did she get into the agency? What, like, did anybody, but can did they, she just drop herself off with seriously? a basket with like a, a, right? a birth certificate? She write herself a little note, hop right. in the basket and tape it to the top. Right. I have so many no idea. And because it's all confidential in you these can't. processes, you can't, you can't go back and look. Mm-mm. They gleaned precious few details of her background. Natalia had been in the U.S. for two years, had a Ukrainian birth certificate reading September 4th of 2003, and needed a home immediately because her previous adoptive parents suddenly gave her up for undisclosed reasons. So they clearly survived. Or so they must have just given her back. Some, that has to have been it. Yeah. Right? Like, that has to be how they did it. How like, But how did she get into the system in the first place? Right. And how did they change the date? Unless she came over from the Ukraine and was just kind of dumped there. Keep reading. Ooh. Out of compassion for the situation, I didn't want to press them for information on what had gone wrong. The mom went on. Natalia was extremely nervous. You could see she was going to need a lot of support and care. We did notice immediately in the parking lot that she couldn't walk. There was nothing in the paperwork stating that. Over the next few days, the couple showered Natalia with attention, taking her to Disney World, enjoying ice creams, treats, and playful pillow fights with her three brothers to slowly bring her out of her shell. When they took Natalia to a beach for the first time, she did something that would leave the couple speechless. The boys rushed into the water, and Natalia wanted to be carried into into the ocean. Michael and myself were physically exhausted, so we asked her to wait just a few minutes, she said. With that, she just got up and ran into the ocean. I remember looking at Mike and thinking, what's going on? She couldn't walk a second ago, and now she just got up and ran? Barnett grew more alarmed when she she saw the little girl naked for the first time. I was giving her a bath, and I noticed that she had full pubic hair. I was so shocked. 
I had just been told she was a six-year-old, and it was very apparent she wasn't. There were further clues to an apparent deception. Natalia shunned dolls and toys, sought the company of teenage girls, and appeared to use sophisticated vocabulary way beyond someone her age. She didn't have any trace of a foreign accent, and when the family asked the Ukrainian friend to speak in their native language, Natalia couldn't understand or describe her homeland. Hmm. Although, wow. (laughs) So if she really was a six-year-old, and she'd been here for two years. That would put her at four. Yeah. So it would my be, grandmother immigrated over at three yeah. from Czechoslovakia and she spoke Czechoslovakian. She couldn't remember it after several years after they basically assimilated. And at this age, and she did four, four she years did, old. She did, however, have some a residual accent, though. OK, well, so, I mean, like, four years old. How much she, are you actually speaking in the native tongue? And I feel like. That, when you're by that four years, you're, you're you're making full sentences and you're communicating on a daily basis. That'd be interesting to to find find out or study that how how young you can be and you're introduced into a new world, yeah, or, or just a new country with a different language. How quickly the, you can forget, the, yeah. How quickly that switches over? Because I mean, I at four, sure, you might be saying some things with with an accent, but at some point, I mean, at what a year. Of, of speaking like with amongst Americans and if nobody's and an speaking accent. it to her at all, then, right. you know, it only How takes quick? a few weeks to forget things. Right? Yeah. At that age, it just seems like it would happen pretty fast. Yeah. Um, at the time I ran a little school and I remember she said to me, these children are exhausting. I don't know how you do it. Barnett went on like this. This is coming from a little kid. Yeah. Like, this is exhausting. How do you do it? I was like, you're supposed to be a child yourself. It was like something another mom would say as she dropped her kids off. (laughs) It's very hard to decipher how old she is because she's such a unique look. But at the time, I started to believe she was probably a teenager. But I didn't have any regrets. This is what I wanted to do. I felt overwhelming love for her. Even after all the Windex and the bleach and the... I don't know what order that happened in. Yeah, I feel like that happened a little bit later. I feel like at this point, she's just, you know, noticing the different... Behaviors yeah. and the, the pubic hair and all that stuff. Uh, Barnett says she soon began finding bloody clothing in the trash, suggesting Natalia was having her period and trying to conceal the evidence. She sought out the help of her family physician who ordered bone density tests to establish Natalia's age. When the results suggested the little girl was indeed at least 14 or older, Barnett says she switched the prince t- switched the princess outfits and pink dresses for more appropriate clothes. I mean, that's that's smart. That's, that's fair. You don't want to stunt the, the, the kid's growth. She's and, still trying to determine if the kid has mental disabilities. Well, clearly, because she yeah. doesn't admit that she's older than she really is. Right. Uh, that that whole thing that that, that she's yep. neglecting the the truth is is obviously where Love the mental is health blinding. stuff. But as questions swirled around her age and true identity, Natalia's behavior began to deteriorate. Barnett recalls watching a ghast on a baby monitor as Natalia attacked a baby boy when she was out of the room. Jesus. When they attended therapy together, Natalia scoffed at the childish bonding exercises. By 2011, just after a year of having of, of adopting. Barnett says that Natalia was smearing bodily fluids on walls, making death threats and hearing voices as her mental health, mental health broke down. Natalia would spend the next year or so being treated for various psychiatric disorders, spending days to weeks at a time at the St. Vincent Indianapolis Stress Center. When Barnett claims she tried to drag her onto an electric fence during a 2012 birthday outing, Natalia was placed long term at a state run psychiatric unit based uh, because she allegedly posed a risk to others. Really? What? No way. Finally. It was was during that time that Burnett insisted uh, that Natalia confessed to being far older than she appeared. Barnett presented uh, the Daily Mail TV who conducted this interview with a trove of paperwork that appears to confirm her versions of events and that healthcare professionals shared her grave concerns. One clinical therapist in January 2012 said Natalia claimed that uh, to them that she was 18. Then at LaRue Center Hospital in Indianapolis in June of 2012, Staff said that she had described how she had tried to kill family members and had no remorse about it, with Natalia going as far as to describe it as fun to staff. Most revealing of all this is perhaps a letter from uh, Barnett's primary care physician, Andrew McLaren, dated March uh, March of 2012, in which he says Natalia's 2003 birth date was clearly inaccurate 
in that Natalia had made a career out of pretending to be a young child. He said Natalia fooled him, her parents, and other physicians. So this is like another Gypsy Rose, but working on her own. Yeah. I wonder I wonder if she was influenced by by that story at all. I mean, when did that happen? Was that around the same time? Or? Well, we don't know. I She's mean, how many how and... many times are dwarf kids with dwarfism yeah. adopted through the system? Yeah. I mean, this whole story it feels is so like it could bizarre. be tracked a little better. Yeah, you think. But the, but like you said, they're all confidentiality confidential, crap. so you can't dig into those records. But it seems appalling. like if she's posing a threat to the public, there should be a loophole there to be able to go back and say, look, we need to look at these records. Well, now that it's gone as far as arresting the adoptive parents, I, I believe they, they cover that in the story yeah. where they all of these records are closed at the moment to the public. Right. But in the courts, okay, they're able they to go and, and review and everything. It's so freaky to think that even physicians are like, we're scared for you. Yeah. But and, and for the kid, I mean, yeah. Natalia needs help. Obviously. And the, the doctors can only do so much right. with, with the information they're given. If the, the, the kid is mm-hmm. being uncooperative and lying, then, you know, what, what can you do? Right. So uh, it was also in 2012 that police were be- began asking questions, although correspondence reviewed by uh, the Daily Mail TV suggested that they were trying to establish whether an immigration fraud took place before the Barnetts had any involvement with Natalia, which totally could be true. Like, right. The parents could have, you know, done this for money. Right. Sent their psycho kid across the ocean and, and, you know, took a payout for it. Right. And now this kid's just crazy. Uh, Klaus, De, uh, well, sorry. <laughs> who the fuck is Klaus? <laughs> uh, uh, Detective Scott Klaus. That's who I'm talking about. Of the Westfield city police department told the, told them via email that he had referred the case to the FBI and ice because he suspected there was false age reporting prior to Natalia leaving Ukraine. There you go. Klaus died of cancer four years ago, but Captain James Lilly, a former colleague, told Daily Mail TV that while he vaguely remembered the case, he did not think the FBI pursued it further. Oh, I wonder if I wonder if her parents in like Ukraine or whatever died and she went into because she knew she looked young and she went into the adoption programs because there's a lot of adopted kids that come out of like Russia, Ukraine, China, that kind of thing. Yeah. I wonder if that's how she got herself. And because she was under a certain age, she could come to the U.S. like without a visa or whatever. Yeah. I wonder. And Makes G- you wonder about adoption services. Well, yeah. I mean, there's, my sister was adopted and we had an amazing experience. I know. The whole thing. No, I know. But she um, was also a baby. And yeah, like that's- when, it, when it comes to like, you know, the foster program, I feel like I don't know enough to really say one way or the other, right. but it's not an easy thing. It's the it ones that are, no, I'm sure it can't be in any of those cases. It sounds, it, I mean, let's be serious. Not all adoption agencies are the best. Well, yeah. I mean, the same can and, be said about any company yeah, or, you know, exactly. And, so it makes you want to, it makes you wonder about that particular adoption agency. Yeah, and it's like, one of those, those ones like, that are is not it, very reputable. Yeah. Like, are they doing it more for profit? Because like, there is that. Table. Yeah. Yeah. Like it makes you stop and go, yeah. Ooh. are they engaging in the behavior that was that, that, um, might have been part of the false age reporting before she left Ukraine? Right. Like, did they right. have any hand in that? Yeah. Right. Yeah, hopefully they can figure all that out in this investigation. Right. In uh, June of 2012, the Barnett successfully applied to Marion County Superior Court in Indianapolis to have Natalia's age corrected so she could receive the appropriate psychiatric treatment for an adult. That's progress, right? I mean, you can have better care for somebody in that position. Right. Especially with this mental stuff yeah. going on. In documents seen by uh, the Daily Mail TV, Judge Gerald S. Zor accepted the couple's allegations were true and revised Natalia's date of birth to September 4th of 1989, changing her age from 8 to 22. At this stage, Barnett points out Natalia was considered an adult by the state of Indiana and was legally responsible for herself. Even so, Barnett says her and uh, says she and her husband rented an apartment for Natalia when she was discharged from secure psychiatric care in August of 2012 and placed under the supervision of state health care provider Aspire Indiana. They further helped her get a social security number, apply for benefits, food stamps, and an ID. Wow. They're, she's they're not set up for life exactly, right now. Exactly. They're helping her. This is, this is great 
parenting on their part. They're going above and beyond. They don't have to mm-hmm. do any of this stuff. But after everything that they've been through, they've been able to correct their age to, to what, you know, based on physicians found out and everything else, all the other signs. Um, and they, they, they get her set up for life. When Natalia caused problems at the property and was evicted, they stepped in again to prevent her from being homeless, renting a new apartment for her in Lafayette, Tippecanoe County. Is it Tippecanoe? Tippecanoe. <laughs> Barnett said she was communicating daily with Natalia and even came up with the plan for Natalia to enroll in college to get her high school diploma and study cosmetology. Cosmetology? Oh, that's the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of cosmology. Yeah, that was a mix-up. Um yeah, so I mean, so she's, she's an adult. Set up. Yeah, she's, she's set up. She's for set up with. I mean, she's probably got disability payments. She's probably set up for food, water. These adopted parents are to live. going above and beyond. They're continuing to go above and beyond, yeah. even after they cause trouble at the uh, the apartment. Yeah. And I mean, this is this is a sweet setup. That's wild. I said I've been taking care of her uh, of you here as an adult. I will do one more year of financial aid, the exact same thing I'm doing for all my children, he said. I co-signed the lease and paid for the rent up front for a year. Jeez. I know. I made a money. Right? I well, did... she said at the time, I had a very privileged life. She was yeah. very humble about that. That's true. I did everything you would do when you send your child off to college. Well, that's way more than a lot of parents could do. So that's above and beyond. Right. I helped her with groceries and bought furniture at Target for her. I was optimistic. She had a concrete plan for her life. She had food stamps. She had Social Security income for the rest of her things. And she had demonstrated she was able to live. By 2013, Barnett had published a memoir about Jacob. Oh, God. Now she's writing books about her kids. Look at me and my kids. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's inappropriate. (laughs) Uh, Jacob is now age 21 at the time and entitled uh, the book The Spark. A mother's story of nurturing genius and autism. The same year they moved to Canada so Jacob could attend the Perimeter Institute for Theoretical Physics in Waterloo, Ontario, leaving Natalia behind at her rented apartment. By then, however, Barnett says Natalia had vanished and stopped returning her calls. Barnett told the Daily Mail TV she feared Natalia had stopped taking her medication and was probably posing as a child again for another unsuspecting family. I'd found a little pink dress in her closet and a little pink bicycle parked beside her house, she said. I would have forced her back into treatment, but I couldn't do that any longer because she was an adult. She discontinued communication with me. What I did get was a letter in the mail stating that she had changed Michael from the beneficiary of her Social Security income to someone else. So she's repeating this cycle yeah, of being so a young kid. this must be how she does it. She finds a way to get out on her own. But how much experience has she had doing this? Unless a lot, uh, right? Clearly a lot. This is insane. But how, how, how long can you keep the gig up? Not I mean, much longer. She's going to look like, you know, well, now that they've gone public with her image. Right. So fast forward to 2013. The last time uh, they spoke on the phone, Natalia told uh, Christine that she was cooking spaghetti for her new family. I did not abandon anyone. I went to Canada to further my son's education. These accusations are absolutely devastating. The Tippecanoe County Sheriff's Department, meanwhile, presents a very different version of events. A September 11th affidavit of probable cause obtained by Daily Mail TV states that an expert at the Peyton Manning Children's Hospital named Dr. Riggs carry out bone density tests on Natalia in June of 2010. It concluded that she was aged approximately eight years old. A further skeletal test carried out two years later at the same facility concluded she was around 11 years old. So how... Eight, I, if two years, how do you go three? Yeah, so th- this test doesn't sound like it's very reliable. Or this doctor. Or this doctor isn't being very reliable, um, <clears throat> which I think is what they gather in the, in the court case that, that comes up. The affidavit reveals that it was Natalia herself who told police in 2014 that she had been left alone when her adoptive parents moved to Canada, and with cops concluding she was a reliable and quite a credible witness. It does not explain, however, why detectives waited five years to put the allegations to Michael Barnett, who divorced Christine in 2014, remarried, and was uh, settled back in Indiana. The document said that when an officer spoke with Michael on September 5th, he admitted he knew all along that Natalia was a minor child, when she was allegedly abandoned. Furthermore, the affidavit adds Michael Barnett 
admitted Christine Barnett told Natalia to tell others Natalia looks young but was actually 22. However, his Indianapolis-based attorney, Terrence Kennard, denied that his client made any such admission of guilt. So it's this. there's clearly some animosity going on between the right. parents, Christine and Michael, and they're... That some something's just really wonky with with that relationship. Uh, so the 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 rest of the story goes on to how they obtained the couple, um, and they questioned them about everything. And this is five years after the fact. Yeah. After after, after it's they, all been left. done and over with, and so and they've th- done everything they are supposed to do by the law, by the book, and so that they, they they ultimately get arrested. Uh, recently, well, they—I believe they turned themselves in because they had warrants out for their right, arrest and, they, and they're responsible people, right. and they—they they have a a trail on this whole story, right? So uh, Natalia is, uh, let's see, uh, records are not publicly available, but they have established that a judge ordered a fresh hearing to establish Natalia's age with Michael Barnett and a number of experts giving evidence. Natalia was living on her own, and a couple wanted to become her guardians, thinking she was still a child. The couple tried to overturn the 2012 result, explained Michael's uh, attorney. And so I, I believe this, this Natalia is just still out in the open. Yeah. But the, doesn't the, the new adoptive family that was interested, they dropped their adoption. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So like she, out of nowhere, the, this new family that they tried, uh, she tried hooking up with mm-hmm. and they changed the beneficiary over to, uh, dropped them. Yeah. Yep. So crazy story. I, I'm glad that we, we found it because this does sound like something that we'll see on a, on a Netflix series or a, a Hulu series. I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't think there's going to be any kind of trial or anything, but yeah, I think it's going to be. And just a terrifying little child. Fortunately, nobody got hurt. Nobody died. Uh, Thank God. Nobody got seriously hurt. I mean, yeah. the, the mom getting dragged into the, into the electric fence is almost yeah, ter- tried. Yeah. Um, so I had, I actually have one more letter, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to save it for next time. Um, because I covered this a couple, a couple of episodes ago, uh, somebody named Anthony wants advice on how to start a podcast and, um, I'm going to get into that next time. Okay. So I'm going to save it for next time. You do that. Uh, this was a, this was a jam packed episode. So I feel like everybody got their money's worth. I hope so. Did you get your money's worth? Did I? Was it good for you? Was it good for you? It was good for me. <laughs> I need a cigarette. <sighs> All right, until next time, namaste, bitches. The Rad Pod.